bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries of holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Looks back oh, no, oh, 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 Jackson! I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. Ball, it's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left and the big boy kicked the... Yes, welcome to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. Five rounds to go for four of our five divisions. Very close to the end of the home and away season. Big matchups again this weekend across all five divisions. Forest Hill and Churnside play for a very vital four points. And Mulbach's season on the line out at Home Park Reserve. And two powerhouses of the Premier Division clash in a 1v2 contest this weekend. I'm Ryan Long, Media Manager of Eastern Football Netball League. Joined this morning by Josh Ward and Matt Spider-Lee. Matt, you had last week off out at East Burwood. A bit of a function there uh, with the uh, the older Dacos. Good morning, everyone. Great to be here. Well, it's, not, it's not the recovery, it's the preview. We've all... Oh, <laughs> the forecast. That's all, why Josh is laughing at me. We're all a little bit uh, dusty because we're doing it a little bit uh, earlier than normal. No, all good. But no, look, last Friday, tremendous day down at the, the Emerald Hotel, uh, the East Burwood Football and Netball Club had their annual and traditional sports lunch uh, which we hold over every year so Peter Dacos was a special guest wonderful guest and uh, we spoke about Nick and Josh Dacos uh, before the dogs and the pies took to the field so I was there Bevo had sent me in to try and psych <laughs> the Dacoses out and the pies but uh, didn't, didn't, quite, didn't quite work but no Peter Dacos was just a, a, a great person to talk to and spend an hour with on stage and we walked down memory lane talked about his own career and also and the current progress of uh, of Nick and Josh and, and the Magpies, where they're heading in uh, 2023. And just general in the changes in the, of evolution of footy. And Dacos has just got a, they've got a great football mind, the way that they talk. Peter's you know, been around the game for such a long period. Started way back in uh, you know, 1979. So he went back and spoke about all that and the, you know, the, the 1990 Premiership. So, so many people, so many stories. And uh, there was a lot of people there. So it was a really great day. And uh, always enjoy reminiscing with the, all the, the legends of Australian rules football, particularly someone like him who's a, who's a Hall of Famer and you know, played such a you know, tremendous role in uh, in footy. But he's just a great people's person. And uh, he gets around to a lot of community football clubs and does luncheons and sports days and sports nights, etc. So he's very giving of his time. So uh, yeah, we do thank him for coming along. And we know that uh, it was all yeah. enjoyed by so many people. And Josh, uh, back again this week, a uh, big weekend out at Home Park tomorrow, a double header for both the women's and men's, so first time we've been out there. I've been looking forward to going down to Home Park for, for a long time actually, I've heard, oh, we've heard such great things about what it's like down there and first time seeing both Beaconsfields, women's and, and men's sites as well, I'm looking forward to the day, it's uh, it's going to be a big one and as you said off the top, Moorbuck season on the line too for the men's game. Yeah, absolutely with a lot to t- uh, touch oh, yeah. on with Division 1 now that it has opened up that much, but we'll start with Premier Division because again, we've got about 4 or 5 games that are really, really good very interesting, we'll start with Roval versus Doncaster East, 
The Lions were off the pace last week in their loss against Vermont, while Roval bounced back, trouncing Doncaster and boosting their percentage. We go back to last time these two sides played Spider. Uh, Roval won by 57 points, and they dropped a few ahead of that game, uh, allowed them to find some form in the twos. Matt Taylor was one of them, and since he's come back, he's been able to uh, hit the scoreboard, play his role really well, another three goals last week. Um, this game, it's at Seabeck, uh, so back at home. Probably they go in as favourites, but, I mean, Doncaster East is an interesting one. I think we said last week they were starting to find some form again, but they looked a bit bit off the pace against Vermont, and maybe that's more credit to, to what the Eagles have been able to do, especially on their home deck. But where do you see this one going? Well, Doncaster East, they're a very interesting story. I find them a very frustrating team. They've been very good in some games, but in other games, very messy the, the way they've produced some uh, some efforts. Like they they've lost they lost the game early in the year against Blackburn. They played the way they did against Noble Park early in the year and won that game. Uh, and we all thought, well, this is the arrival of a, of a team that uh, we expect to be playing such a big part at the end of the season. Uh, they lost the game against uh, East Stringwood, which they I suppose they had. A lot of control over, but this thing couldn't get over the line. And then against Vermont, Vermont just backed up from what they did against uh, Roval the previous week. So, and some inaccuracy from Doncaster East, but it's just that inability to sustain consistency for four quarters for me. And they really need to pick that up uh, against Roval, who we know they ran rampant last weekend. So very hard to measure what happened when you're playing uh, the weakest uh, weakest side in the competition in, in Doncaster. And that's not really a, a true indicator of where their form line is at. You've got to go back the previous week when they played Vermont down at uh, Vermont on that Sunday afternoon, which we were there. And Roval, look, they were beating it there you know, pretty much. They just weren't able to put together, you know, any resemblance of a game plan, um, you know, that, you know that, that, that's stacked up. So this is where it's all on the line for them. If Roval can get over this game, we'll, we'll have to we will give them a, some good accolades. For Doncaster East, though, this on a bigger ground is a tremendous opportunity for to really see where they're at. If they can get that early ascendancy through the middle of the ground, we know that uh, guys like Deluca, Fiona, etc., have, have been so good through the midfield for majority parts of the year, they, when they go forward, they look dangerous. Um, obviously, Ollie in the ruck will uh, potentially have a bit of an advantage, obviously, with uh, Roval having, uh, you know, now having to readdress the ruck situation with the injuries a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so that, that really does play into their hands. And then a guy like Tom Bell, we know he's, what his capability is. Now it's whether they can deliver it. And I think for me, I think that Doncaster East, they've got to treat this as a season on the line game. If they want to be a true contender, they've got to win this game. Um, for me, I think that it's going to go down to the absolute, you know, pretty much last kick of the day. I, I think this is going to be a real classic contest. I think there's some really good points. If they can bring that pressure, uh, Roval, uh, within their forward line and keep the ball in the, and get the repeat entries, uh, you know, like they have been doing over the past three to four weeks uh, in that second half of the season, this this is going to be a real opportunity for them. But if they don't bring that pressure, that really opens the door up for Doncaster East to be able to rebound and transition that ball into their forward half and to create those scoring opportunities. So for me, I just get a bit of a feeling that on the bigger ground, Doncaster East might have their measure on this occasion and I think they might be able to uh, you know, really set up their season and rebound after the disappointment of last week.
it was a very disappointing loss last weekend, but I I think it just shows more about Vermont than it does Doncaster East, I th- especially on their home track. And Roval, I think they're starting to find form. And you know, even if it was against Doncaster, that win against them still gives them back that momentum and to win in, in such convincing fashion too will give the, the side plenty of confidence. And they're still a hard side to play out at Seabeck Oval. I think it's one yeah. or two losses this season are both against East Ringwood and, and Baldwin, So And they were good wins. They were, they were, and you have to acknowledge that. And uh, Ben Wiles coached very well on those days, and we acknowledge that. But this one is a real uh, coaching tactical opportunity for for uh, Doncaster East and we Ryan James has to be up for the challenge for this. This is his biggest moment with the clipboard in hand for the season. He gets this wrong, potentially Doncaster East slip right back and they could uh, even slip down to you know, fifth or even to sixth spot by the end of the home and away season. So for them, there's a lot more at stake. Mm. Uh, I still think uh, the way it's running at the moment, Roval still could uh, you know, finish in that top three, but this is where we, what we expected at the start of the year, that Doncaster East were gonna be a, going to be a top three to side. They need to be able to show that this week. They have the capabilities of doing it. It's big stages for me, and uh, their players need to step forward and uh, take on the challenge. They do, and I think Roval's players need to do the same as well, and they have in, in recent weeks. You know, you look at the likes of Anthony Brolick, who's really stepped up. Lachlan McDonald continues yep. to excel, and, you know, they've gone players back. The Shrook brothers came back in, in Mitch and Tyson. I'm not too sure about if they'll be back playing this weekend, given their VFL and and, NAB and Coates Talent League duties. But those players are starting to step up. And, you know, you've got the likes of Lockie Wind and, and Matt Taylor, who are nearly impossible to stop up. Well, for. the thing is, obviously, Josh, when Lockie Wind's in that side, the Roval setup looks so much better. Yeah. When he's not in that side, they just don't even look at they because they don't have that key four target. So that brings problems to them. So it's going to be on that Doncaster East defence to be hand across, shoulder to shoulder with their direct opponent to making sure that they put that constant pressure on so the ball isn't kicked in as efficiently as what it has been in recent weeks. And when you look at the scores, uh, what they've been kicking, well, they have been in, they do kick, mm. they do kick some scores, but... Uh, I think for Doncaster, this is a really important moment for them through the midfield. This is going to be what we're going to measure them by uh, in terms of how what they are in 2023 by by this performance. So if they can get over this challenge and win this game, then we then we will give them a big tick, and then we'll say, well, they're a side to definitely consider when we get to the finals. That they definitely can be there uh, in the final couple of weeks of the season. The Spiders tipping Doncaster is Josh Just your tip this weekend. Uh, Oh, I'm going to tip Roval. I have a bit more faith in them and at home too. I think they're, they're starting to hit some form and they'll look to continue that as well as keep up the pace with the uh, top three. Yeah, I'll be I'll t- tipping Roval in a very close one. Be an interesting result there tomorrow out at Seabeck. We'll move on to Baldwin versus Vermont, two powerhouses of the league. Uh, it's one versus two on the ladder, actually, because Vermont's win pushes them into second. Yeah. East Ringwood lost last week to Baldwin, so they drop out of the two and, and that just moves around all season. So... Don't expect that to stay uh, at, the, at the end of the uh, weekend. They'll probably change again. But a uh, familiar sight for many supporters of the league, Spider. Uh, many of those supporters wouldn't like to see that again, the uh, the two sides on top, two powerhouses. But Vermont, another big game last week, uh, really outpaid the lines. They dominated the clearances. 
Um, and a lot of that is due to Greenwood and Johns, who have been exceptional in recent weeks. Arnett back into the side this week. But still a very tough ask because they take on the Tigers at Baldwin, who uh, thumped the ruse at home uh, with Urban having another almost 40 disposal game. Three goals to it. He's on fire this season. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting midfield battle between the two sides. But um, where do you see this one playing out, Josh? I mean, it's it's a big game for, I think, probably a big game more for Vermont because despite um, defeating them early in this season, they probably still go somehow as the underdogs into this game. And uh, both sitting on top of the ladder with nine wins, uh, the winner will do... Um, We'll certainly look at a good chance of finishing the top two come the end season, which will be really important, and um, it's, it's just a massive game. It is, and much like East Ringwood last weekend out of Bowen, this is Vermont's biggest test in recent weeks. Like, they've played Doncaster East and, and Roval at home. They've passed both of those tests, and they they haven't really played anyone on the road. It's the away... Yeah, probably the well, away, the away form's the yeah. one that we, we're really scrutinising, isn't it? Because we, we're just a little bit unsure of how that form's going to stack up. Um, and when they play ball and later, potentially later in the season. So uh, you have to acknowledge it too. Yeah, and ball and at ball and park as well, it's nearly impossible as, as they showed last weekend, the Tigers, when they convincingly defeated East Ringwood, which was a, a fairly big surprise and I think it's just the one loss or one or two losses there this season in fact just we drew out there at the uh, Noble Park game where yeah. they just um, you really looked flat that day Bourne they did and they'll just the pressure from Noble was at another level and when we saw Vermont a couple of weeks ago their pressure was also really good and their ability to rebound and quickly from defense was also really good so but that pressure game will need to be at its peak peak against the ball inside that that likes to control the ball and yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see if it does stack up though well i think when you look at it through this midfield it's vermont's physicality too i think they've really became a with their predictability i think they they've changed the way that they yeah that they, they play across a period of time so i think what we've come to know of vermont in the you know they like to play a certain way they they like to get their hands on the ball but they also like to be physically you know intimidating too they they like to be able to to get you they like to make sure that you've earned, you earn every kick every disposal they they cover off all the exit points uh that their, their pressure around the ball has just been exemplary uh, over the last you know, four to six weeks. So I think they've really turned their season around. We know Johns, Greenwood have been absolutely outstanding in what they've been able to provide through the midfield. You know, Johns particularly in the last two weeks after coming back from from overseas. But it's been a few of the other players, some of the lesser names that have stepped up. Guys like Fitzpatrick that have, you know, they've played some really good footy. Uh, Calder that's played some, some good footy. Banfield that's been playing some really good footy. You know, Nielsen in the rack's been playing some really good footy. I think Hawkins has played some outstanding footy throughout the course of the year and hasn't probably got the recognition that he probably deserves. We are. We're all talking about Kalkowski, who's kicked all the goals and he's such an entertaining player when he gets his uh, when he gets his game up and running and he's very hard to stop down in that forward line. But the thing about Vermont is we talk about it so often with their defence. It's not the best defence, but it's the most reliable defence. They just support and team together so they support each other, they're reliable to each other, predictable to what they want to do, and then they drive the ball forward through the midfield channels and they just swarm in their waves through that corridor and they give their forwards a chance. And when the f- goes into that forward line, they put a lot of pressure on. So that's how they're generating their scores and 
We've seen a couple of weeks in a row now with the way that they've played. Now the challenge are away. They're playing a ball inside. They are tall in the forward line. So that'll be a challenge mm-hmm. for the defensive part for uh, for the Eagles to be able to deal with. And then when you look at it from the other point of views, you know, we know that you know the ball and defence too. They like to lock on. They like to make sure that you don't. They don't give too much away. But guys like Urban and 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 Bowen Smith have been playing terrific footy. We know uh, Chevy Anderson been playing very well in the ruck as well. So they've got the they've they're doing some really good things across the board. They're getting from their lesser players as well. They're getting a real good contribution, which Brenton Sanderson will be really happy with. And I think the big challenge for them is. Can they? They've got they've got the functionalities of everything right. Can they get the next part of a rot and challenge themselves to take their game to another level? Because I don't think we've seen ball and play at mm-hmm. their capacity yet. I think they've still got another yeah. gear to go. I think they still have another level in them that you know, potentially in the next four to six weeks. So do they bring that out this week? Do you think? I think will? you start to. I think you do. I think you start showing your card. I think you have to do that because you want to start to say, well, hang on, if you're going to play us in the finals, these this is the way that you're going to play us and this is the way that you've got to try and beat us. And especially when it's on your home ground, you hold the whip handle. And I think that's something that Baldwin will be really uh, you know, marking themselves on. Winning at home, very important. Getting hands on the footy first up, you know, particularly in the conditions that are presented, uh, being very disciplined. Uh, and I think that's the thing that uh, this Tigers outfit Will do. I, I think the, this will be a very close game. I, I think uh, early in the year we saw the conditions affected. Uh, Baldwin were, were clearly outclassed on that day. Um, you know, they kicked four goals, ten, and, and Vermont got on top. But uh, I think this one has the more makings of a little bit more of a potential of a shootout. I think this this could be one of those games where if uh, you know, the game... Yeah, this could be a high-scoring game. I think. I think both have the ability to to kick sort of around that you know, the seventy or eighty mark each between them and uh, yep. make it a real arm wrestle right throughout the course of the afternoon. I definitely think so too. It'll all come down to each side's defensive lineups, and you know, Vermont's led by Calvin Dario, who's had a good cut. He's been very up. good. He's been terrific as essentially that quarterback in defence. Tim Johnson down there as well, who's 300th game it is this weekend for Vermont. And, and so he's made a fantastic servant for, for Vermont. And and not not really marked as, you know, in their top echelon. He's been one of those middle-ranked players, middle-tier players, but he's certainly deserving of the accolades uh, that are before him. Yeah, he is. And, you know, you've got Matt Arnott down there, Tyson Himes as well, and... You know, it's a really strong defence. Whereas you look at Ball, and there's no Chris Pendlebury this week, but you still got Josh Pollock, Jamie got Leapson, Aaron Brin there, and but I'm going to back them in. Just there's a little too much firepower. I think they just get over the line, but it's going to be a very close game, as Spider said. Yeah, definitely. I'll be tipping Ball yeah, in as well. Uh, we'll move on to Norwood versus Blackburn out at Mullum Mullum Reserve tomorrow afternoon. We watched Norwood last week. They Pretty much toyed with South Grown, to be honest. Uh, Michael Wen was massive in the ruck. Uh, Feltham was it was really impressive down back. Maloney had a really strong game, probably one of his best of the season. So they'll give themselves every chance to knock off Blackburn, who have now dropped a couple in a row and now sit two games outside the top six. And without uh, Jason Reid out there, it makes it very difficult. Answorth had uh, another big game on the weekend. I think he had 41 touches and mm-hmm. over 200 ranking points. So... He's been really impressive in taking up a lot of the workload, but 
uh, they just probably are missing a couple of key contributors and, and probably struggled to score at the moment. Uh, and it probably is, is a bit difficult there, you know, looking at that yeah. forward structure. Only a cu- only two goals last week was uh, goalless at half-time, Spider. So they're probably going to have to move a few magnets around. Some of the younger guys that are getting a chance at senior level. Um, so it's a big, big challenge for them, to be honest, heading off to Norwood, who have maybe started to find a bit of form. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the biggest challenge for Blackburn is how do they replace some of the stars? I mean, a guy like Hart and also having Reid yeah, out Hart. of the team yeah. is uh, they're massive buys for your midfield and you rely on those guys because there's some guys that can really do damage through you know, the transition and connection of the, what they do. You know, Hart is a very good finisher. He likes to go forward. He's very reliable. Uh, and then Reid plays that, you know, that, that tagging role, but he also is so damaging too when he does get the ball and he's so prolific in getting disposals and getting the team up because he uses his voice. Uh, He leads from the front and when you don't have players like that out there, that means that other members within the team have to pick up the slack and then drive the team standards. And I'm just not sure whether they have that. We know down back they've got some issues, you know, where they're they're undersized in some areas. Uh, Up forward, the forward line hasn't really been functioning that well over the past few weeks, once again, because the players coming in and out of the team. Uh, We know that they've tried Ethan Wright in there. I know there's a couple of debutants coming into the side this this week. Jack, uh, one of the... Oh, he, I forget his last... No, you'll tell me his name in a sec. Kicked six goals in the seconds uh, last week. Uh, well, uh, but they're, they're giving opportunities, but they. Well, I think Blackburn's biggest challenge is that they need to be able to, you know, get their hands on the ball first. Whereas Norwood last week... For four quarters, they were just in total control of that game. And this is the big problem for Blackburn. They go missing in parts. You know, to kick two goals last week, they were never in the contest. And I think this is the biggest concern for Brendan Now They have times in games where they are all in control of the game, but then there's times that they just they go missing. And I, um, this is the, the big concern. And now they're leaving themselves with too much work to do in the last month of the season. Now they start relying on teams to do some of the work for them. It's going to be hard. They're, I don't see yeah. it. They're sitting two games outside of the six. I can't see them making the finals now. I think they've really put themselves uh, and pinned themselves up against it. Uh, and now they're going to see, and uh, with those players out of the team, they really, uh, you know, you know, pushing up the hill um, at a frantic pace to try and get there. And I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it. I think for Norwood, though, playing on your home ground, this is an opportunity for them to really, you know, you know say to, 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 I suppose, as a club, we can replicate the performance from, you know, the previous week. We can put a couple of wins together. We can get some, you know, we can get something out of the season. It hasn't been a great season. Uh, we probably expected more. Marty Paskey. He'd, he'd know that, look, it hasn't been all smooth sailing. They would have hoped that they would have got a few more wins along the way. They've had some injuries. They've had some unavailabilities, losses of form, etc. But 
you just wonder whether you know this sort of game might be the one that you know you, you can say, well, they just want to keep shaping the uh, the top six, and yep. and maybe if they can't make it, they're going to make some sides not going to make it with them. So uh, I think for for me at, at Norwood, uh, I think Norwood might get this job done. I, I'm just not sure where the goals are going to come from from for Blackburn, uh, but for Norwood, I'm a little bit more confident with yeah you know, with their goal yeah. spread. Yep. Banal kicking some goals, yeah, you know, they've got they've got the Makings of players that yeah. they can share the load, Jordan as well, etc. So I think uh, for me, Dixon mm-hmm. playing some good footy, yeah. you know, Feltham, uh, I think they'll, I think they'll win the game, and I think they'll win it pretty easily. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And Hugh Johnson and Daniel Potts can kick plenty of goals as well. And you know, when you've got Michael Wen who just well, he's been great in the ruck. He's yeah. been super. I think it was twenty-five touches, forty-two hitouts. It's some. Um, Jack could have. I mean, Harry will give him a good. Harry will give. Yeah, yeah Harry will yeah. give him a good run in the in the ruck, but it's just whether he he can do the other little bits and pieces around the ground, and I don't think yeah. there's too many that can go with him. Yeah, and you know, Jack Critopolis has kicked 18 goals in five reserves games this year, and their other senior debutant Sam Rogers. Was, I've heard, yeah. yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things about him as well, and I and think Raff. Uh, you'll get his name there from the seconds. Peskowski. Peskowski uh, yeah, coming, into the, coming into the uh, coming into the lineup to play across half back. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see how those players fill the voids that some of those outsleeve, and it's it's hard for me to see them doing so against the Norwood side that was dominant last weekend. I think they get the job done at home. I'll tip Norwood at home, but in saying that, they've got to play a full quarter performance. Yep. I think last time they played Blackburn, they were probably in control for a bit of it and then mm. fell asleep, I think, just for a quarter and uh, ended up losing the game. So certainly important for them to put a four-quarter performance out there tomorrow afternoon at Mullum Mullum. Park Orchards take on South Coron at Domini Reserve, and I- I'm sure everyone by now is aware that Marcus Zagler has stepped mm. aside from the senior coaching role this week. Uh, it's been announced that Damien Franken will take over for the remainder of the 2023 season. I believe he did that the last time um, they they uh, needed a coach to step in late in the season. So uh, all the best to him and, and all the best to for Marcus Bazzaglia. He's been um, certainly fantastic oh, yeah. to be able to speak to over the years. Um, um, let's hope he'll coach here. again in, yeah, in some I think capacity he will, within hopefully. the competition. And and it might not be in Premier. It might be in Division 1. It might be in Division 2. It might let's, be another league. Win, or yeah, it might win, be another league know. too. Let's hope that he, you know, he's not lost to community football because he's got too much to offer. But in saying that too... Well, just quickly, he did take him to a preliminary final last did. year, which I hope people do remember, remember. In, in the future because it might be easy to think, oh, well, you know, they fell away this year and, and that's been, you know, when he left and that. But a preliminary final in the Premier Division of this league, it's a very hard feat to achieve. But is it? A, but we see it as, okay, is it a, has it been a mutual parting of the ways or is it a football club like South Croydon have made a decision that the season has gone so badly and so unexpectedly that they've had to step in and... Make a decision based upon you know in conjunction with Marcus. I mean, you know, Marcus may have already put his hand up and said, "Look, I'm definitely not going on in 2024," and because there's other things going on, and I want, he wants to pursue other things, and that's we all accept that, and we take that on face value. But also from the South Croydon point of view, like the drop off this year has just been so significant. Right, I can't believe how staggering it is that you can go from Playing in a preliminary final to only winning three games, you know, this season so far. And that, well, I mean, there's been injuries and there's been some loss of form, 
But for me, that that has to illustrate that there has has been some sort of disconnect within that playing group for the entire season. Like then there's something that hasn't been right. And I think that the players have to wear a little bit of that responsibility because it shouldn't take someone like Marcus to put his hand up and say that he's gone. Some of the players have got to be a bit more accountable and maybe have a look in the rear vision mirror and maybe maybe have a look and say, have we given the commitment that we really should have so far this year? And I think perhaps if you look at some of the results this year and look at some of the games in, in the total, you know, total summary it's uh, well the, the, the ladder never lies where you sit and and it, I mean, and the stats don't, don't lie either I mean that's the perfect example of it so it is it is very tough with the, the injury list and yeah. they just don't have the depth to cover it and obviously their reserve side have, have struggled this year I think they've only won the one game so they probably don't have or has it been the lack of commitment we know that players have gone overseas and it's every club, club yeah. but and they might have hit other clubs more than others, some clubs more than others. But, I mean, this club shouldn't be third bottom of Premier. You know, or is it perhaps suggesting to us that maybe that era is over and maybe over the next couple of years they are fighting for a little bit of survival in Premier and maybe they are looking at rebuilding and maybe that uh, there has to be a few changes from within to take the club further and, and enhance their and enhance this uh, club's opportunity to progress forward. Well, their game this week against Park Orchards now becomes crucial because if yeah. they do lose, they'll be tied on points with well, 9% um, Park they've got Orchards. To play with. So they do have that uh, little bit of a gap there with the percentage, so they won't move into 11th position, you wouldn't think, just yet. Mm. But win this, and, and you can probably just about say the bottom two will stay that way and get relegated at the end of the season. Lose, and then it probably puts a bit more questions um, on on where both sides will finish come the end of the season. I think South Croydon do have Doncaster to play. I haven't had a look at the run-homes yeah. just yet, but very important game for, for both sides. Park Orchards fell short against Berwick last week, but showed signs again, uh, sort of the, the same story all year. Uh, do you think they have a chance at home against the Dogs, or do you think this is just one that South Croydon will bounce back in? Um, and uh, Park Orchards can I win. Think, I think they can win, but South Croydon have been bolstered by a couple of really good Some ins. good ins, yeah, yeah, that's right. Jordan Walker and Tom Sheridan and Tom Shink come back into the well, lineup. Well, there's, there's a couple of guys straight away. So Don't Sheridan see. gives them a little bit. Shink gives them uh, a little bit of run. Uh, we know Sheridan's very handy around the goals as well. So And, and Walker uh, you know, gives them a little bit around the ground. So yeah. it's going to – that gives them a little bit more and might stretch uh, Park Orchards. But Park Orchards have had opportunities to you know, to win a couple more games. But, just have, you know, but they've shown some signs of improvement in the last month so they'll give themselves every opportunity at home to get their local neighbour and they'll be they'll be coming for them this is a grand final for Park Orchards so this is a huge moment in their club's history whether they re- and they really got to put their flag in the ground and say that they want to be a premier club so we'll know by the end of the weekend whether they really how, how badly they really want it if they don't well, they're definitely going going down, and then you know we have to start looking about what they've got to do, you know, for their future going forward too. Because uh, you know it's not going to be if they go down, 
it might be a long time before they get back up in terms of you know, their depth there and you know it's not an easy solution once you go down no it's, you it's have very a very hard. hungry South Belgrave sitting in Division oh, 1 and, yeah. and maybe some others who want to be go up obviously no promotion interview Div 1 this year but uh, tips for this one out at Dominey Reserve I'll go south. I'll go south, Croydon. I just think the ins. But I always say the coach comes in, interim coach, and uh, you, you always get a little bit of a spike. But uh, it shouldn't take that to get a reaction from a playing group. Uh, it, it, that shouldn't happen. But uh, I think they'll get the uh, the reaction they need. But I think it might be a pretty close game. I think ten points. Yeah, I'm going to back South Croydon. Prozanac is in as well for Park Orchards, which is a, a handy inclusion. But I just think. The inclusions of South Croydon are, are very big, and I just think they might win this comfortably with the inclusions. But I won't be surprised if it's close, just given the stakes that are on on the line for both sides. Yeah, I'll be tipping the dogs by two goals. Uh, just quickly, Doncaster's versus Berwick. Berwick a good win uh, last week against Park Orchards, puts them into ninth position with the four wins. Uh, Doncaster very disappointing last week. I know they're playing a, a top side, and there's only so much you can do, yeah. but um, for that sort of margin in any game is, is probably pretty disappointing. They do get Robbie Gray back, Rambaldi, uh, Well, Coswell, this gives so them a chance. If Robbie Gray is playing, that gives them a chance playing at they, home. They did beat Berwick last time and over there. Did, yeah, so yeah. I think they've defeated them the last two times, actually, so Doncaster. I'm going to stick with Berwick. Gray's a good inclusion, but still uh, no Cole Vickers, which is a yeah, bit of a still, surprise. Still, uh, yeah, probably it's, they're... It's a bit of a loss. Play they really need back in, and yeah, Berwick almost a full strength. I think they get the st- job done at Shrimp Spider. Yeah, Berwick for me, but I think it might be a bit closer than what uh, mm. people yep. think. I think this one might be uh, a bit of a similar to the the previous game. I think this is a bit of a grand final moment for Doncaster to show show us one last time whether they really have what it takes to be in Premier, but they're running out of time. Yeah, could be a super boost uh, roughy of the week contender there, maybe <laughs> the Sharks. Uh, last game in Premier Division, East Ringwood take on Noble Park. Uh, both sides with some ins there. Noble Park bring back the Nelson boys. Um, Donnelly, Nolan and Picker for East Ringwood come in. This is, an, again, another fantastic yeah. contest between two top six sides. East Ringwood were um, probably brought back to the pack a little bit last week with a 50-point loss to the Tigers, while Noble Park have just haven't been... Um, overly, you know, overly dominant or anything, but they continue to win, so they they get their eighth win of the season. Their percentage is the worst of the top six, but it's still mm. uh, 124, so it's not bad. <laughs> um, they win this one would be pretty key. They would tie level with East Ringwood uh, at or at East Ringwood tomorrow afternoon. I'm tipping the Roos at home. They've got probably yeah. a few more forward options um, than Noble Park, so I'm, I'm going to back the ruse in but I think this is another one that um, it's another hard one to tip could go, could go either way very physical side East Ringwood as we know last week just beaten in terms of the conditions when they had their chance with the win just didn't utilise it conceded goals against it and the, the Tigers really took that upper hand for this game Noble Park really need to get into the game early and be physical and put the pressure on East Ringwood but I think East Ring was physical pressure and they're getting those forward entries like they have been. Um, 
will be the key to this match. Their, their midfield will, you know, will certainly be up for the fight against a, a very talented midfield noble. We know that they've got the, you know, Sketcher, etc. Um, we'll, we'll continue to work over, and we know Hort, Hort and Milton, etc. They'll be, you know, up for the up for the fight early. It's just going to be whether they can kick a winning score. We know defensively, Noble will be very sound. I think East Ringwood at home, I trust more. If this was away at Noble Park, I'd probably be, be a bit more inclined to tip Noble Park. But just think at home, a couple of those inclusions, uh, I'm a bit more comfortable going with uh, with the Roos. Yeah, the Nelson boys coming back from the Coach Talent League and, and VFL duties are two really handy inclusions as well. We saw them. Good, uh, yeah, they've been good early in the year, particularly against Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. they're... They're really good inclusions. I think Harry Nolan as well coming in from Coburg VFL, which is a pretty handy inclusion too. He's played a bit of footy there. It's um, yeah, I think there's just a little too much forward options, especially with Trent Farmer, who's who's put together a phenomenal season yet again. Thirty-four goals in in ten games and. Named in the best on six occasions. Uh, only one goal last week. Well, there's not too many others that are almost kicking four a game. Yeah. It's, no. it's remarkable. Yeah. Maybe Lockie Wind obviously kicking four a game as, as well, but it's still a remarkable effort. And I just think with him in that forward line, he'll want a big game after only one goal the week before against Bowen. And, and there's plenty of other forward options too. It's why I'm backing in. Uh, East Ringwood out on their home track too. Yeah, I'm tipping East Ringwood at home, but certainly looking forward to seeing the result of that tomorrow afternoon. We'll jump into Division 1. Uh, Bayswater versus South Belgrave Ooh. now. Uh, they Haven't they surprised a few, <laughs> haven't they, Bayswater? Uh, fourth on the ladder now. There's a great buzz around the club, and it is a tough run home, so still going to be... You know, if they do make the top five, they've, mm-hmm. they're certainly going to have to earn it. Um, and it starts tomorrow against the Saints, who have won 13 in a row this season. Looked unbeatable at times. Uh, the ins and outs still come in uh, for Jackson there for Bayswater. And then South Belgrave, uh, they lose to Gars and, and Peters, but they bring in Treegard, tree Kid, and Hard. So that's Liam Kid there. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't matter. They yeah. lose some quality players, but they always bring in some, some good players themselves. So it's going to be an interesting contest. Only lost by, I think, five points last yeah. time they played, and that was out at South Belgrave. So, Josh, they'll, they'll give themselves a real chance here. Someone may have to knock them off eventually. <laughs> Could it be Bayswater? I think it's definitely a possibility. It, it, you know, they again, we, we keep harping on the fact home sides, these sides play their home ground so well, but especially Bayswater, like... Obviously, they've had a couple of rough losses there this uh, this season, but like you know, they can score. They've shown past couple of times they can score pretty fr- freely. Like they did it against Croydon and Lilydale, against Beaconsfield. They they put together a decent total, and like they shut outsides. It's it's going to be interesting though to see if they can manage to to shut out the likes of Tim Smith, the Garner b- brothers, it, it, across. Bayswater Oval, who I don't think will mind playing out there, Spider. Yeah, look, I think this game has the possibility of uh, Bayswater causing an upset. I think it's uh, a real possibility. You've got to commend what they've been doing the past four to six weeks, uh, second half of the season. And a couple of weeks ago, I did say that uh, they probably weren't going to play finals, and the challenge still lies ahead of them. So they've still got to do the work. Um, South Belgrave, look, 
they will be challenged in this game. There's no question about it, and it's a good time to be challenged. I, mm. I think it's not too dissimilar to uh, Collingwood at the moment. I mean, they're going so well at the moment, uh, their power running, the way that they move the ball, uh, and it's a basically a free hit for Bayswater this week. You know, they they give they have a free hit uh, at, at the stumps to see if they can you know, knock off the you know. The leading contender at the moment, so and they'll see they'll get to measure where they where they currently sit in the pecking order, whether they stack up a little bit or whether they've got you know, a big gap and whether they've got to make up some ground. So, I think it's a it's a really good challenge to have at this time of the year, and I think it's a good reality check for whatever happens, whether you win or whether you lose. I think the the way that they this game will unfold is through the midfield. If they can get their hands on the ball like they have been in recent weeks and get those those entries, uh, I think they're. Defensive work has really improved over the last four to six weeks, uh, but their their midfield work has certainly been impressive. Uh, and guys like Bryce Calvin, who continue to play well week after week, uh, they just keep giving their heart and soul for that club. Seal keeps playing well, you know, to to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, there's all a lot of challenges for them. Uh, their, their forward line seems like they're. They've got a lot of cohesion about them at the moment, so it's going to be a few challenges for uh, for Seth Belgrave and Luke Galliott uh, this weekend to get the right combinations, get the right matchups, and uh, and pay Bayswater the due respect. And so that's their challenge. But I will tip South Belgrave. But in saying that, I, it would not surprise me if Bayswater uh, can get over the line. I, I think with the conditions that might be presented, if they can play the, the conditions accordingly, special head home with the wind, and we know that. Uh, yeah, you can play that far side of the ground and be very defensively minded and you can limit you know, the scoring of your opposition, then it certainly opens the gate for you uh, when you do have the breeze. So uh, I think our bays were a pretty good chance, but if South Belgrave use the, use the breeze uh, to the perfection, which they have been doing, uh, then they'll get the job done. But I'll, I'll tip South Belgrave, but uh, I think this might be a little bit closer than people think. I'll also around about 10 to 20 points. Yeah, I'll go a similar margin. I won't be surprised if it's the same margin as last time, but I'm just tipping South Belgrave. Just You can't tip against them, but yep. again, like pretty much every Bayswater game, it's the potential for a Super Bruce trophy. I think it's a possibility. I, I give them a good chance at home, but you, you can't bat, not back against South Croydon. Yeah, South Belgrave for me, uh, jumping into Beaconsfield versus Moorbark. We'll leave our thoughts to that tomorrow, that is the match of the round at Home Park Reserve. All I'll say is I'll, I'll go PM. for Beaconsfield. Uh, I won't be there, so uh, I think Beaconsfield will get, get the job done uh, at home. I think they've got too much riding on this one to, yeah, uh, to let it slip. Yeah, season online for the Mustangs. Uh, Beaconsfield just have to keep winning if they want to hold the top five spots. A very interesting game tomorrow afternoon. Mitchum versus Lilydale. Um, not a whole lot to say here, and unfortunately, for, for Lilydale's sake, still yet to win a game and I don't think they'll be able to get that mm. done tomorrow playing the Tigers at Walker Park but just quickly Mitchum will be wearing the Indigenous jumper this weekend Jarman Impey um, was at the club last night presenting that so uh, fantastic uh, to see and that should be um, uh, great on, on the field tomorrow afternoon I believe they're having a bit of a, um, a function beforehand and Jarman Impey will be there speaking so uh, good to see that from the Tigers uh, Montrose take on Wonturna South a big game for, for the Devils. I mean, we've, we've said this last three weeks, really, and they've dropped um, that one against Croydon, which was just a, a game we thought they would be able to um, to, to finish, yeah. finish well, off well. Well, they've lost their way, Ryan, haven't they? They're, well, they have. Brett, Brett Moore would be sitting around the selection room at the moment and asking the question, where is it all going wrong? And I think it you've got to look at a couple of areas. 
is it going wrong because that collectively as a team they're playing selfish football? Is, I mean, is it that they're just not working hard enough together as a I team? Don't, I don't know. They're not sustaining <laughs> it over a four-quarter period? I think it has to be a combination of those things because we saw them play about a month or four to six weeks ago when they played Montrose and that game, you know, on that afternoon you said, well, hang on, one turn of South are, you know, uh, are showing us that they're a real contender and in that period of time we've just seen a real reversal in their fortunes. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable how it's, it's all turned around so quickly for them and they just don't look a team, they're a shadow of the team they did six weeks ago. Well, and it's four yeah. losses in a row now, Josh. If they lose this one to Montrose, five in a row, and they'll be looking at the ladder, be concealed if they win. And then, so they, and Bayswater, it's hard to see them winning. So they, they'll still be in touch with the top five, but just considering where they were a month ago, oh, uh, yeah. it's, it's a big turnaround. And it, something's got to switch soon because... They're, they are running out of time. The, the top three is pretty much out of the question for them now. And well, they can't. They can't win it if they don't make the top three. Which I don't think no. they. And I, I, I don't, don't think. think any, I think yeah. top three sorted. I think there's only three sides personally that are in the actual premiership, premiership conversation. Yeah. I think the other two are just uh, making up numbers. Not making up numbers, but they're in the conversation just to play finals, and then we reassess. But it's going to take a mountain of work once you're there. Yeah to get to the top of the mountain and uh, I think they're pushing the wheelbarrow up the hill. I think you're right because even if they did, I could see a fourth or fifth making a prelim, potentially a grand final, but they're not going to, if you get there, you, you, you'd be exhausted. We saw Murlbuck had took you know, a fair bit out of them yeah. last year. Uh, Montrose came in red hot to the final series, but playing multiple finals in a row eventually caught up to them. So it is very tough and that top three spot is mm. so important. Um and, and they play, obviously, to the, uh, one turn to South tomorrow, um, a chance to reverse that game earlier in the season. And, and Montrose yeah. play at home a style that they just don't allow you to get into the game. No. The conditions, they make it very difficult. They'll make it an arm wrestle. They'll defend. Gary Ayers demands it, that you yep. defend and then you attack. And that's what the way that they score. And they've been winning games like this for weeks now. And it's, it's that's why they are building into such a good team. And Sure, they've had a couple of poor performances in their own own right, which they acknowledge. But in saying that, gee, they're learning from it, and they're learning the hard way through, you know, the education that Gary Ayres is showing, and particularly at training, the vision that they're being shown, and understanding what it takes to become a better team. And I think that's the sort of approach that Montana South have to start taking. They've got to start defending a lot better. They've got the best. They've got probably the best forward line in the competition but they haven't got the best defensive team and they're not reliable. They're not what Vermont is uh, in terms of a reliable defence. There's a disconnect for me with them at the moment, the Devils. They need to be better in all, all facets of their game, both with ball and without the ball. And that's where they'll that's where they need to improve. Whereas Montrose at the moment, everything is clicking in their favour at the moment. And yep. I think that they're 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 a serious contender and I think they'll they'll get the job done pretty comfortably tomorrow. And Josh, your tip, they bring in Hall and Descent as well, so that adds to yeah. their midfield depth. Um some really quality players there. Uh yeah, you can backing them in? I can't go past Montrose after what we saw a fortnight mm. ago. At home, they're a diff- they're a very difficult ask, and they've shown they can hold on in games, and I think they'll be able to do so here. And you know, it's going to be hard for one turn to stop 
the forward line, particularly Ryan Garthwaite, who I think come off six. A, yeah, six goal performance. So yeah, I just I think Kai Barlow might be out as well for them, which is a bit of a loss and they I don't think they have the firepower in the defence to stop Montrose. Yeah, I have to agree with you both. I'm tipping Montrose in that one. North Ringwood versus Croydon, the last game of Division 1. North Ringwood still in the hunt. They lost the Tigers, mm. but uh, certainly didn't lose any uh, admirers. Only the seven-point loss, and they're still percentage... Uh, Percentage is poor with 86%, so it'll make it tough. But they are on equal wins with Basel to Beaconsfield and uh, Wonturner South. So you never know. And they play Croydon this week. Expect them to win at Quamby. But Croydon, that if Mulbach lose and, and Croydon wins, although there's a percentage gap between the two sides, they're backing it to sort yeah. of stay in this division. So there is a lot on the line for the Blues as well. Um, but for me, at, at Quamby, North Ringwood have, have shown that they've played that ground really well. Oh. So um, I'm, I'm tipping North Ringwood and probably not by a big margin, two or three goals. Yeah, yeah I think can't see North Ringwood losing at home. Just think uh, Croydon won't be able to bring the uh, the four-quarter effort and sustain it. I think North Ringwood will uh, be able to get the job done. Don't think it'll be too high scoring. I think it'll be quite, you know, nine or ten goals will be the winner. This is the way the North Ringwood play. Roman Nahas, that's the way he wants it at the moment. And yeah. re-sign this week. So and that's re-sign. Yeah. So their club shows that they're in the right direction. Yeah, shows yeah. they've got confidence in what they're doing. And if they can add to a little bit of what they've got already, then uh, you know, they're starting to put some building blocks in place for the future. And, that, and it's going to take time. They're not looking to get back um, immediately to Premier, but they've just got to start winning games and doing it more consistently for longer periods of time. And uh, at the moment, they're starting to put some small progress in place. Yeah, and I think they are definitely building towards the future and I think they'll continue to do so in the, in the back end of this season and yeah they're, they're still in the hunt they need probably an extra win or two compared to the likes of Bayswater and Beaconsfield and you know I think it'll be I think it'll a win will come this weekend against Croydon I think it'll be a lot closer than people think though Absolutely. That's uh, Premier and Division 1 all done we'll have a bit of a break and then jump into Division 2 Eastfield versus Heathland Got a bit decided, David Lake. He must have just stepped off his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but it struck it pretty That's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the Welcome double back to the Eastland weekend forecast. And we've just been uh, through Premier and Division 1. We'll jump into Division 2. Big game out at East Burwood Reserve. They take on Heathmont and... Spider, I'll start with you, having seen these build in probably recent weeks, and, and you were there last week, I think, at, at Tormore Reserve, and they it were um, brought back to reality a little bit. They had a really good run of form, but the Hawks um, pumped them by 10 goals in the end. Uh, what did you think of the game, and just where are they at the moment coming back to, to play the Jets, who themselves just got to keep winning and, and guarantee they do finish in at least the top three, and then keep the door open if Bronia slip up for a top spot, but certainly going to want that uh, second or third finish. Yeah, look, going into to last week, uh, you know, Expert had been very good in their past five, five weeks. I think we all acknowledge that. Uh, going into the game, and then as the game started, you got the sense that once you saw the sides match up against each other, you just saw the difference in physical nature, and they were very big, very physical, very intimidating. And at times, I think Eastbourne were a little bit of unsure of themselves on 
what to do. Particularly uh, in the first quarter, I thought they actually handled themselves okay, uh, only conceding the two goals um, when Baronia had when Baronia had the wind. So you thought that Eastfield did actually quite well, but then to concede three goals against the Breeze and only kick two goals themselves going into half-time, that was basically the game. So a 23-point margin was always going to be a, a hard road back for them. And then just after half-time, when the conditions you know, turned a little bit nasty with rain and the wind picked up a little bit more, um, then it, once the wind did clear, it probably didn't have the ultimate effect, but it was just uh, the physical pressure that uh, they applied through that midfield Field, I thought Baronia, they, they really closed down that. We spoke about that inside work that of East Birds over the past month or so that has been so impressive, but that was really you know, ground to a halt just by the way that Matt Clark coached, I felt. And I think that guys like Malice, Brasher really got their hands on the ball. They were very good with their feet, very good with their hands, Close in checking. Uh, Robertson was very good up forward. He was a presence. Uh, I thought Jess Bolden played fantastic. It was a milestone game for for Jess. And we know that he's been uh, a very good player for for Brony. He played some uh, of his junior footy at at East Bird. Played some uh, footy at East Bird. And uh, and you look at the way that he has developed into a senior footballer, and he he's a you know, he's a very mature player now, and starting to you know become a very important player in that Baronia side. So I think just the the way they looked across the ground compared to Eastbourne in size, there was a, a massive difference. And and Eastbourne they just couldn't get the ball moving forward their way, and that was due to the the pressure that Baronia applied to them. So in terms of the game going forward for for tomorrow for East Bird, on a big ground against Heathmont, which they did struggle against Heathmont early in the year in the wet, and Heathmont really took it to them uh, and that was at a time when probably East Bird didn't have their, you know, their best side in and they didn't have their best available players in. That was a you would say, well this time they get a chance to redeem themselves. On a big ground they really need to start the game better. They need to take their chances more. They need to, you know, be a little bit more uh, determined and in terms of the way that they use the ball. They need to keep those, keep that forward line pressure going. Need to get those repeat entries, but they need to get that inside work going once again. Uh, also with that outside run that we know so well. Heathmont, on the other hand, will be trying to do just as similar to what. Baronia did last week because they do have, you know, big players and they do have players of strength. You know, Tink is a very good player and he is a very good inside player. So you've got, you know, and he can push the ball forward and he's a, he's a bull when he runs through. Uh, they do have some, you know, they're forwards. They do like to push up the ground. They do like to create the space. So that's going to be a challenge for the defensive part of Eastfield to be able to close down that space. So they, and at times the defence for Eastfield, I think a lot of the year has been 
exceptional. So the, the job for Logan and Wills, etc., uh, Rixton is going to be that they need to be right on their game against this uh, uh, Heathmont team that has been kicking some really good scores uh, throughout the course of the year and rates themselves very highly. We know Colombo has yeah. uh, been playing some very good football. You saw saw them play a few weeks ago, Josh, against yeah. the Ringwood team. Um, yeah, we know that. I'm not sure if uh, Mullinger McHugh is going to... Uh, have yeah, he's back he's in the side. He's so back, so that's yeah, he's going to be very important. And, so, and he could be a difference in this game because of his ability to be, not only with his height, but his, the way that he moves around the ground. And mm. he has that ability to be able to to be uh, you know, flexible and adapt the way he plays. So there's some big challenges for Eastfield in this game uh, going into it. Uh, it's, a, it's an eight-point game for Eastfield. A win in this match... I think almost you could almost say that they'll play finals. A loss will certainly it's still in the line ball situation where it's a bit week by week, and they're probably going to be relying on results for the next four to five, uh, three to four weeks, and they're going to be not only relying on their own results, but they're going to be watching other teams to to try and do some of the work for them. But I think they need to control their their own destiny by uh, by taking the game on and, and playing with that freedom that they have played with the last four to five weeks and uh, prior to the Baronia game where they played so well. So big game for them. They need to do it on their home ground and uh, you know, get back on the, the winning ways after the disappointing uh, performance from last week. I think they definitely can make it tough for Heathmont, but... Yeah, when I saw them under lights out at, at Jubilee, I, I just I was amazed with the ball movement, and you know, I think it was they've start they've continued. So when you to talk about the ball movement, what what was the key to their ball movement? What what impressed you about? We can say what, okay, ball movement. <laughs> what do they do? They take the game on. They okay. take, they they more often than not go through the middle of the ground, whether that be so they use the corridor. So use, yeah. so we're talking about two teams distinctively that are going to be going up against each other. Like to use the corridor. Yeah, and I think Heathmont utilise it more to their so advantage. How does that how does that go on a big ground like a, on 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 a ground like Eastfield? Well, in it, the conditions potentially tomorrow. Well, it held up. Obviously, Jubilee Park is in much better nick, but it held up in. In pouring in, not pouring rain, but still wet conditions out of Jubilee Park, and I definitely think, you know, it's it can be it, they can be calculated with that ball movement as well, and it, it definitely can hold up out of East Bird, which obviously isn't in the greatest nick, but yeah, it it's it's held up really well, and it's c- continues to improve week on week, and I think it'll stack up against East Bird and. You know, they've gone Finn Brown back in recent weeks. Chris Colombo, again, continues to excel. The, and, you know, Bailey Stevens. They, those players, particularly Colombo, they lock it inside their forward 50. And I definitely think it'll play, the conditions will play to their favour. It's why I'm tipping Heathmon. I just think there's a bit more structure structure in that forward line. There's plenty of talent in East Burwood's forward line, but I just feel like there's... You know they're they're starting to get their strongest. They're starting to get more structure and starting to improve that forward line. Heathmont and I think it's going to be a big ask for Spurwood Spider. Yeah, well, Kempson needs to continue on his form, yeah. good form. He's been in some really good form. Yeah, we know. Obviously, we know what Mariani, um, you know, Mariani does. We know what uh, Young does. So 
the opportunities there for them. Dove needs to, you know, play his role, and uh, you know, so it's uh, it's an important game for them, Ryan. And I think it's uh, could be a bit of an arm wrestle this one with the conditions presented. But if uh, I think this is going to come down to who uses the ball better in Ford Fifty, to be honest. So your tip? I'll, I'll go with East Burwood, but they're going to have to play a lot better than what they did last week, and they're going to have to play with more purpose, a lot more energy. And they're going to have to play with better connection. It's as simple as that. And they're going to have to use that inside run um, and use that corridor a lot better than what they did uh, against a Heathmont team this time than what they did last time. Um, And they're going to have to own that corridor. And they're going to have to also use that outside run as a bit of a weapon when they're on the counter-attack. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite close, actually, and... Um, I was a bit 50-50 on it. I'll stick with Heathmont, but certainly wouldn't be surprised mm. to see build win this one and, and keep in touch with the top four sides and, and certainly probably put their um, just about lock-up top five. Uh, top six. Uh, what is it? Top five. It's top five. Build win. It's going to start making things hard for Ringwood. Ringwood, yeah. They would have to pull some big upsets, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So... Certainly a lot on the line this weekend. Knox also play at Baronia. Um, just quick tips on this one. I think everyone would yeah. tip Baronia, the, their form they're in. Well, Baronia, uh, in, oh, I saw them last week. Uh, they were very impressive the way that they went about their footy and they just play that aggressive attacking yeah. style of footy and it's going to be very hard to see who can uh, challenge them in the, the back half of the year. There's not too many that are, you know, that are going to get close, I don't think, at, at this point in time. Uh, the only th- team that might beat them is themselves at the moment. Just yeah. If they you know, don't play uh, the, the brand of football that they're capable of, um, you know, that that's the only yeah. potential at this point in time. That's not saying they're over the line yet. There's still a lot of work to do. But uh, you know, they're not losing this game. But uh, once they get to the finals, obviously it's a different state of affairs. But at the moment, they're setting themselves up. Yeah, I think Baronia should win this one comfortably. Yeah, I'll be tipping Baronia there. Ringwood, the Basin. The Bears have been a bit unpredictable Mm -hmm. at times. They've surprised a few. Then Ringwood's form has has varied. They've played some really good footy against Templestowe and Baronia, and then they've lost some games that you you would think they would win. Uh, This is just a non-negotiable for the Redbacks. Have to win this one to stay in touch with uh, East Burwood and and obviously Mulgrave as well. uh, They play Templestowe, so they... You know, probably probably won't win that one. So big chance of the Redbacks, um, if they're any chance to play finals this year, have to win this one. They've made actually five changes. So Gebel M, uh, Lang, Stag, Lucas and Murphy come in. Uh, for me, I think Ringwood is just too much to play for. Yeah. Uh, the Basin, a very young side. They've probably done enough to stay in the division, but... Um, I'm tipping Ringwood. Ringwood at home, just got to keep winning. Yeah, they do. And yeah, I think just not sure where the goals are coming from for the base, and I just don't think they can kick a winning score. Ringwood not kicking big scores themselves, but uh, I think at home they'll uh, be able to get the job done. Yeah, I think they should get the job done comfortably at home. Pretty handy inclusions too for them. And uh, same sort of discussion with Waverley Blues up Ferntree yeah. Gully. Uh, I, I can't see any way the Waverley Blues lose that at home. Um, just similar. that they They're... Um, Probably you know two games out of that top three, they're now relying on Heathmont and Templestowe, one of the two to make a couple of slip-ups and then 
be able to jump into that third position while also winning all their remaining games. So starts here this week, just have yeah. to win. I'm assuming everyone's tipping yeah, it. It's yeah, a, it's a way avoid for me. Yep. And then Templestowe versus Mulgrave. A little bit interesting. Uh, Mulgraves uh, haven't listed their lineup just yet, but we are doing this a bit earlier, so a lot of sides <laughs> haven't. But a lot a lot to play for for the Lions and Templestowe similar. Um if there any chance of, of pinching a top uh, spot, which I, I don't think will happen, uh, they really need to win all their remaining games and hope Baronia lose two or three on the run home. So still very difficult, but they're playing for a, a, um, a, a qualifying final, the double chance. Yeah. So a lot in line for them. Mulgrave, similar to Ringwood, got to maybe pinch one, you know, an upset like this would be the perfect one to steal because if East Burwood lose to Heathmont, that's when they can start to strike. So... A lot on the line. I'm tipping Templestowe at home, but I give Mulgrave a fair yeah. crack at this. Yeah, I think Templestowe and Giovanini, he's uh, having a, an outstanding year coming across from uh, Blackburn. Uh, he's going to be well up there on uh, best and fairest uh, night, you would think. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Both Disposals, club and competition. He, he's just uh, a ball magnet. Um, it's, it's unbelievable that he's actually playing in this division. I think he's got more capability than that, uh, to be honest. But uh, that's where he's playing, and he's doing some good things for Templestoke. But uh, I think they'll win this game. They'll win it pretty easily. Uh, at the moment, they're uh, mid- midfield uh, playing some really good footy, and they'll, they'll kick a pretty big winning score. I'm just not sure Mulgrave's defence is going to be able to hold up against uh, the Templestoke uh, yeah, forward line. Yeah, I think it'll be it's going to be hard for Mulgrave. They'll make a decent contest of it. I think it was 15 points that Mulgrave yeah. reserved, but out of Templestoke. Always a big ass. Yeah. Roberts will need to kick uh, a lot of goals, yeah. but I'm just not sure about the uh, the goals coming back the other way to, to save them. Well, yeah, it's it's a sort of been their story all season where they can kick big scores themselves. Fletcher Roberts yeah. is, is one of them. Dean's kicked five a, a couple of times, um, obviously Adam Booth, but then they leak uh, just as many goals. So mm-hmm. that's probably the, the thing they'll be looking at tomorrow afternoon. We'll jump into Division 3. Donvale versus Fair Park, just quickly... I, th- I think uh, Fair Park probably missed the boat last week. They yeah. uh, unfortunately went down to Coldstream for their sake and that puts them well behind um, with Donvale and Furniture Gully to come. So they really needed to win that one uh, ahead of pretty much a nightmare fixture for them. Um, I think Donvale to win uh, quite comfortably. They're just steamrolling sides at the moment and I, they're not... They're certainly not putting the foot off the pedal now that they've guaranteed a top two spot. They're still coming in and, and slaughtering sides. Um I expect no different at the moment. They're just yeah. just too good. I think it's a it's a steam train at the moment. Donvale, they just yeah essentially just keep rolling over the top of, of sides, as you said, Ryan. And I think they'll do so against Fair Park. It, it's hard for me to see the Lions getting over the top, given what happened last weekend as well. Donvale going really well at the moment. Hard to see them losing, but. I think this game could be a little bit closer than people think. I think Fair Park uh, will be a bit more competitive than everyone is anticipating. Um, I think there's a they need to have a bit of a response, and uh, I think uh, they'll give uh, Donvale a little bit of a run for their money. I don't think they'll b- win, because you've got to remember, it's very hard to be up week after week, uh, and if they're just a little bit off, uh, they might just be a little bit flat. There's a potential for that. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they win by a lot, but I think Fair Park might be uh, up for a bit of a challenge this week, uh, even if they set themselves uh, you know, just to uh, to be up for the fight. Uh, I think uh, Donvale, I'll, I'll say around about five, four or five goals. I, I think this might be a bit closer than people think. 
win one of the next two, which would be a big upset for Fair Park yeah. against either Donvale Fentry Gully, then suddenly it's back on and their finals chances are still alive, but lose both, which un- unfortunately, you know, most sides have done this season, then it's it's probably uh, a bit too much of a stretch to see him playing finals. But And also they've, they've got to keep winning. They've got to get a win yeah. just to 100% guarantee that they will stay in the division. I think they will. They're good enough too. Uh, one side who is in that boat as well is Coldstream, and they head to Wally 2 tomorrow to play Furniture Gully. Uh, both sides making some changes there. Coldstream bringing in Gray and Higgins. As for Fentry Gully, Pentland, McAleese, Morrison and Brown come in. Uh, D'Essio and Wright come out, so some, some ruck troubles there. They've had some injuries. Obviously, we, we've spoken about um, both McComb and... Um, uh, Kennedy not being in the, the list um, at the moment, and that's you know probably brought him back a little bit. Um, whereas Donval being able to keep a full strength side on the park, this isn't you know a, a lesser Fentry Gully side. They're not at full strength. If Coldstream were ever going to beat them, this would probably be the day to do it. I still don't think they can, um, just with the way the two sides are going at the moment. But Coldstream pull off an upset, and then there'll be two games clear of Whitehorse if they lose to Warrandyte. And that would probably almost keep them safe this season. They, they've would. just got to um, probably pull pull an upset out of the hat and then beat Whitehorse on the run home. So there's a lot to play for for Coldstream. Uh, Fendrick Ali, honestly, they've got you know they're, they're three games clear third, so they won't drop out of the top two. Yeah. So you know it's up it's up to the Cougars. It's a free hit it's to in the there. Cougars. Well, it it is, in their yeah, court. Absolutely, it's a free hit. Um, I, th- I think uh, Coldstream will be up for the challenge, but not sure that they can get the points. But I think Ferntree Gully might have a bit of a fight on their hands. I'll tip Ferntree Gully, but Coldstream, I think they might be uh, in for a pretty good, you know, pretty good day. I, I don't think that they'll get. Uh, uh, I think they might only just go down narrowly. Yeah, I think Coldstream will go down narrowly. I think Ferntree Gully, they always find a way to win. Obviously, they didn't last week, but I think they will this time around. Darcy Carrigan needs as big a game as he did last week. Five, Five goals, goals and, and a best on ground. Yeah. He needs that type of performance this time around. And well, he's he brought get, it just about every game this year. Yeah. So he might do it. He might do it with no Kennedy and, and no McComb in that midfield. So it's Well, it, he might do it, but they might not win yeah. still. That's <laughs> that's happened quite a few times this season. So it can't all be on him. They he, they certainly do need a, a full team effort to to get across the line there. Probably the game that interests me the most this week in Division 3 is Whitehorse versus Warrandyte. Mm. At the moment, 6th versus 7th. Warrandyte, incredible. Seven of their 13 games have been decided by less than a kick, and then a couple have been by two goals or less. So one one hell of a season, and a lot of results could go either way. And, you know, potentially they could be sitting in fourth, and or they could be sitting even below where they are at the moment. But in saying all that, uh, they take on Whitehorse, who just have to win um, yeah. at the moment they're a game behind Coldstream on the bottom of the ladder they've lost a few in a row now and just need to get back on track and the, their form in recent I mean last week against Oakley they weren't too far off it I think they only lost by a couple goals so they're not completely out of it I think this is a really interesting contest they a lot of sides struggle when they come to Springfield Park yeah. to play there um I'm I'm backing the Bloods in at the moment. Phillips and and Harkins comes out of that side again, yeah. so they've had no luck themselves. Ki- Phillips has kicked a few, so yeah, kicked I four last week again. Spoke, all yeah. of those came in the first half. I, I spoke with Paul Donahue during the week, and all those came in the first half before he did his hamstring again. Oh, so it's um, his luck. It never is ends. disappointing, isn't it? Because he is the star of this division and, and the competition. Yeah. Well, and if he was playing every week, 
you, know, you just wonder where they would potentially be on on the, on the ladder. I mean, they would have won a few more games, but he hasn't been able to do it consistently and be out there. So uh, it's just unfortunate for 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 Warrandyte, but uh, I still think they'll have uh, enough personnel to get the job done over the Pioneers, who have just had a a really uh, a disappointing season. They just can't get the, their season going. They've been close in a lot of games, but just aren't able yeah. to get over the line, and they just can't get any momentum. They look good in games, and they, they look good in, in games, and you think, well, they're going to win this game, but they just can't get over the mm. line. McDougal's playing some really good football, uh, Fabris as well. Uh, they've got you know, the makings of a really good team. Young's been playing okay. But they're just um, not doing it consistently yeah. enough, and uh, that's probably where they're pretty disappointed in what their output has been. But I'll go for Warrandyte, but uh, let's hope the, the Pioneers can put in a little bit better performance and uh, run the buds pretty close. But I, I think Warrandyte will win it pretty comfortably. Josh, your tip. If Warrandyte win, they're pretty much safe to stay in the division. Uh, they'll probably jump Fair Park on the ladder and, and move into fifth spot lose and then that bottom three is going to be really yeah. interesting for the next four to five weeks. Yeah, and I think they'll be desperate to get the job done because if Sylvan go down too, they're only a game outside the top four. Yes, so well, it opens up finals and they play <laughs> Sylvan on the run home, I think, uh, off the top of my head. So that makes it very interesting as well. But Sylvan, yeah. uh, they play Oakley District tomorrow afternoon out at Sylvan. And, I mean, we go back to the game that we saw for mm. Match of the Round and they... Travelled to Princess Highway Reserve and, and took a 50-point win. I know Bosnish wasn't playing there for Oakley District and that probably hurt him on the scoreboard, but they outplayed him that day quite significantly. And then since then, they've really dropped uh, a, a lot of form. And I, I don't know their record at the moment. I think they're 1-1-4 and four from the last six um, off the top of my head. So they have struggled a bit. Ficarelli, Coventry and Owen come back into the side for them as the Oakley District, Grant and Ambrose uh, enter the lineup, This is a very interesting game because Oakley win this, they're playing finals. I think they're already yeah. playing finals, seven and six record. I don't see anyone from the top four being able to overtake them, but probably guarantee you that they will play finals if they win this week on the road. For Sylvan, got a win to just get some momentum coming into a final series, lose, and it just opens up the gate for, for a couple sides below them. It does. There's plenty of stakes on the line. And you're right, if Oakley do win, they, they are probably playing finals. And, you know, they they only have to face Donval on the run home Oakley district whilst... I, I think, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm sure they, they're going to make it now, yeah. but just, you know, you, you never know if the side yeah. completely falls off a cliff, but... <laughs> And Sylvan as well, they play for only for Entregalia on the road. So if they win here, so if they win here, they're pretty much a, a lock for finals too. But um, yeah, it's plenty on the line. I think Ficker really coming back is a really good inclusion. As is uh, as is Owen and Coventry. I think they're three really big inclusions. But yeah, I think last time around. Bosnich, no Bosnich was the difference for Oakley District. I think he'll enjoy the, the smaller surfaces of Sylvan and I think he'll be in for a, a big game. I, I'm just tipping them here. You're tipping Oakley? Yeah. I'll go the other way. I think Sylvan at home. Uh, always hard to beat. I think this will be pretty close affair. Just not sure... Um, with Oakley, I think they'll play finals, but uh, this game is this going to be one to watch. But uh, I think Sylvan with Ficarelli, etc. They're playing some good footy. Uh, Oakley District's playing good footy as well. Both sides are uh, 
I'll be in the finals, but I'll tip Sylvan just on the preface that it's at home. Yeah, I'll be tipping Sylvan in a close one, but wouldn't be surprised if Oakley District get across the line. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into Division 4 now. There's one really big game that I think we probably yep. need to touch on, but we'll go through the other two just quickly. Scoresby taking on Croydon North M-Lock. Um, just having a look at Scoresby's lineup here. They've made quite a few changes. Uh, O'Connor, Bond, Bursell, Robinson, Anderson, Coltard and Cochrane come into the side. Uh, Croydon North side's not listed just yet. Scoresby win this one at home. Anyone disagree? They'll win that by a fair bit. They just need to keep uh, keep winning and give themselves every opportunity to finish as high as they can. And they just got to readdress what happened a couple of weeks ago with that uh, humiliating loss. Mm. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a good one to do. And uh, look, but I, I think uh, they'll they'll get that right in the next couple of weeks and uh, have another go at it. But uh, they'll they'll have no problems with this game. Yeah, and obviously top two still a possibility oh, yeah. for them. And you wouldn't want to play Churnside if they make it in uh, the first final with the form they're in. So you really want the double yeah. chance now. Because um, certainly, uh, I think before we were saying if you finish third, you, you probably win the first final player, whoever in the, um, the the preliminary final. Certainly certainly not the case now. Um, Surrey Park versus Nutter Wadding as well. I think that's pretty one-sided. Yeah. I think we'll all be tipping a Surrey Park there. Again, they've made quite a few changes mm. So Woodville, Ken, uh, Kenworthy, Cook, Alexander, Maholland and Janine come into the side. Uh, that's correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, maybe not Cook. I think they've got another... They've got Afkari from the 19s playing Surrey Park. So, uh, And alongside Maholland, Zach Maholland, he, it's two more senior debutants. So, um, yeah, I think they're confident. Though. I think they're pretty confident. They should get the job done. Yeah, I'll win easily, but none of Wadding, as we, we've acknowledged in the, over the last uh, four to six weeks, they're showing some good signs of improvement, mm. and they certainly have uh, you know, put a lot their best foot forward, and I think they'll be uh, pretty competitive throughout the day, yeah. but they're not going to, to win, but you know, Surrey Park will know that they've been in a game of footy afterwards, and they've just got to build uh, and try and get back to where they were uh, early in the season. Definitely. And then the big game in Division 4 this week is Churnside Park versus Forest Hill. Fourth versus fifth. And we do have to remember, Forest Hill have played one less game. So win this there on level pegging. They played the both both the um, uh, they played both the top three sides. I think the same yeah. amount of sides. Actually, I think Churnside Park have one extra game playing the top three in the run home. I've got to double check it again. <laughs> I was going through this during the week and sort of working out the mathematical possibilities of the way this season would plan, uh, pan out. But if Churnside Park do win this one, they create that gap and they probably, with the form they're in, should finish in the top four. Lose and Forest Hill win. Suddenly the Zebras become the probably the, the side more likely to play finals due to Churnside having a bye to come in the uh, remaining games. So... A lot to play for. We, we couldn't believe the result last week when oh, they knocked yeah. off Kilsyth, and we, we did um, get to hear from both Dave Newlands and Leo Odomat during the week, so you can check that out on our social pages. But, Josh, um, the form they're in, you know, Forest Hill aren't in bad form themselves either. This is set up for it to be a, a pretty interesting game. This is a very exciting game now. It's You talk about eight-point games. This is... This is the definition of one. Well, this, is a, this is an elimination final. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Let's just put. Let's not sugarcoat it any longer. Forest to win this game. They're playing. They can play finals. Uh, a loss, and it's pretty much all over. So, Churnside Park. Um, you know, 
it's at their ground, so it's a big challenge for them. Yeah, it is. And the thing that'll give Forest Hill confidence is the last two times they've met Churnside Park. They've won, you know, late last year pretty comfortably, and then earlier this year at Forest Hill they won pretty comfortably. And you know, I think Churnside won two against them last year, but different I, side now that with yeah. the, with their inclusions in, and obviously. It's a uh, you look back at the start of the season, a lot of key position players that they were missing, yeah. Churnside Park, and um, Dave Newlands has talked about the spine of their side to yeah. to have that all sorted now, pretty much. I think they're pretty much back to full strength, bit of an opposite of last year. And we saw them come into that preliminary final, and I mean, they look knackered coming into that. And, and this year, they might be fresh, raring to go to yeah. come into a final series. And it's so important, though, that they don't. You know, drop off, and sides have done that in this division this year. We've seen, you know, teams get a bit over over the top, a bit a bit, bit ahead of themselves. And Churnside Park are in that sort of position where, if they you know do the work, put their head down, don't get ahead of themselves, take it one week at a time, they'll play finals. But uh, they can't underestimate Forest Steel no. because they'll be coming at them very hard this weekend, especially with Jake Rowe and and Mitch Hanegraaff coming back into the lineup there too really big inclusions. Well, Hannah Graff needs to kick a, a yeah. bag of goals. He kicks a bag of goals, gives him, gives him a chance. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who matches up on him. Like, you know, Lachlan Tyndall could potentially match up on him. He's come back in recent weeks and has made an impact. It's, um, yeah, I, I think there's plenty of talent in that Forest Hill lineup as well. You know, you look at the likes of, of Pat, Evan, Pat Evans, and uh, the Evans boys, they're, they're, they're a really strong side, but Churnside, but the side they have on the park now, you know, they've brought back Lachlan Tyndall, they've brought back Scott Dwyer in recent, it, it last weekend as well. He's he's very capable of that forward line structure is Dwyer. You know, Lachlan McGee has had a good couple of weeks and, the, and Warren Schmidt has come into the club and has made a big impact in midfield. You know, you add that to Grant Stevens, to Ben Slattery, James Belly, there's and Aaron Bird as well. There's, I feel like they're a much better side on paper than Forest Hill. But I just wonder if the last couple of times might play on the minds uh, of Churnside Park. I think. So you're tipping Forest Hill in this one? Uh, I'm back in Churnside at home. I just think, you know, that since that last meeting against against Forest Hill, they've been able to defeat both Kilsyth and Surrey Park. They haven't gotten over the top of Scoresby, but I think their form is a bit better. And Forest Hill, they would have had a week to to think about what was it. A pretty disappointing performance against Surrey Park out there, and I, I won't be surprised if they get up. I won't be surprised given the last couple of times if they win comfortably. But I'm just back in the Panthers here, just because they're 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 at pretty much full strength, and their full strength side they can definitely cha- they can definitely challenge challenge for for a premiership and promotion too. Spider, your tip for this one? I'll go Chancellor Park, uh, just on the basis that it's at home. I think this will be pretty tight, though. I I think the Zebras might push them every step of the way. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm tipping Chancellor Park. I've, I've learnt my lesson of picking sides by six or seven goals in this division. Yeah. I've, I've been uh, uh, done over a couple of times, so I'll tip them in a close one there at Kimberley Reserve. And that's it for our five divisions. Uh, as usual, we get to this point of the year uh, podcast and we do our Super Boost Ruffy of the Week. Josh, you've put your hand up. You've already I've, got one. I've, I'm already eager for the Super Boost Ruffy. I'm going Bayswater. I alluded to it as a as a possibility against South Belgrave for them being a, a roughie. And I think 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're another roughie for me this week. What about you, Spider? Have you thought of one? I was looking down that one of uh, the Bayswater one. I'm actually... I'm actually going to go the. I'm actually just the game we spoke about. Actually, I, I think Forrestal. Yeah. Is there a roughie? But yep. I actually think they can be that sword that can cause that upset on the road. I think that might be the. Uh, I think that's a. I think that might be a good one to to go for. Yeah, I'll I'll go back to Premier Division and I'll pick Doncaster with this one. A couple mm. of good inclusions. Uh, they beat Berwick early in this season. Might be their last chance of a of a win here. So I'll pick the Sharks. And, yeah, that's it. That's all all done. Uh, I, I just will mention, uh, come across my desk uh, just uh, during the week. <laughs> oh, here uh, we go. Uh, <laughs> a scoop. No, no, just a congratulations. It's a bit of a shout-out uh, to one of um, an under-12 uh, girl that's playing mm. for Victoria. Plays down at Vermont. Uh, Lily Johnson got selected to play in the under-12 Victoria women's team, to in the girls' team. So oh, fantastic. Primary fantastic. school team. Yeah. So they're uh, going, I think they're going to the carnival in just in a couple of weeks to take on... Uh, all the other states. So uh, congratulations to Lily, who plays uh, her football down in Vermont. So another another star on the on the rise down there at that footy club. Uh, they, they They've got a few. Keep, uh, They've had a few. <laughs> they just keep uh, churning them out. Absolutely. So congratulations to her and a, a big achievement. Spider, your plans tomorrow? You're off to... I'll be uh, down at Ramstadium to look at uh, that big clash between uh, East Bird and Heathmont and... Uh, Keeping my finger across all the other grounds uh, and watching all the vision and uh, of course all the uh, all the coverage coming through from uh, the Beaconsfield and uh, and Moorabark game uh, for you guys. So looking forward to all the coverage. Uh, get out and watch all the local footy. Plenty of netball across uh, tonight and uh, obviously yep. all the women's uh, senior competitions uh, throughout the weekend as well. So plenty for everyone to get across uh, the eastern suburbs to satisfy our uh, community footy needs. And Josh, uh, you'll be out at Home Park all day tomorrow. You've got the, yeah. the women's game in the morning against uh, Beaconsfield North okay. Ringwood and then obviously the, the senior men's game, Beaconsfield Murrubuck, another big one. So big day for us tomorrow. It is. And as I said off the top, I'm looking forward to being down there at a Home Park. Again, heard such great things and it is going to be a massive day out there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it on the boundary for the men's. Hopefully the rain holds off. I'm hoping it, do- it does. Take but, your umbrella. But yeah, uh, and I'm sure Ray Baird will have an umbrella there as well. But um, no, I'm looking forward to the day. It's, it's going to be an absolute ripper out there at Home Park, Ryan. Yeah, definitely. So uh, a big game tomorrow afternoon. That starts at 1.15pm on Radio Eastern 98.1 on Facebook and YouTube. I'm Ryan Long as always, and we'll see you tomorrow at the footy. Like that shot. He's about 40 He's going to have to, he's going to play on, run around, give himself some room, set sail for home, Samuel Hart! Yes! He's got it! Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Nine